welcome everyone to Couch Potato Diary. My name is Peter Klein. Thank you very much for tuning in today. Coming up on the show, we are going to be looking at the National Football League, uh, what happened on Sunday, going to get ready for what's going to happen next Sunday as we look at the Fantasy Football Waiver Wire, as well as uh, looking at the stupid good Fantasy Football team. We'll explain that in a little bit. And of course, uh, the Texas Rangers are off to the World Series, so we're going to discuss some baseball and get ready for tonight's Calgary Flames game against the New York Rangers. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully you like this. You can literally like the video, subscribe to the channel, um, leave a comment on uh, YouTube. That helps if you're watching. If you are listening in podcast form, rate, review, subscribe wherever you can. Um, if you want to get in touch with me, I am on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm at primetimekline, twitch.tv slash primetimepk, and you can email this show, couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com. Um, just quickly off the top here, I uh, want to say that this Sunday, Game Over Calgary is going north as uh, myself and Audie James head into enemy territory to um, Edmonton, where it is going to be us along with Julian McKenzie um, going up there with the Game Over Edmonton people. We're going to be talking all about the Heritage Classic. We're going to be at the Pint on White uh, up in Edmonton. Tickets are free. Come hang out. Have a great time. Talk some hockey after the Heritage Classic between the Calgary Flames and the Edmonton Oilers. So that is what is coming up in my world. Uh, what's coming up in your world, if you're going to continue to watch or listen, is some talk about the NFL. All right, uh, let's get into the NFL discussion here. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, Detroit Lions, and Cleveland Browns. What do they have in common? Frauds. All of them. All frauds. Uh, we're going to get into it. We're not going to go game by game or anything, but just a, a few teams this week really showed who they truly are, I feel like. And we'll begin with the Bills, who drop uh, just an abysmal game to the New England Patriots. Uh, a wretched, wretched loss. And th there isn't one unit that can go into the locker room and be like, oh man, I can't believe you guys, blah, 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 blah. The offense dropped the ball, literally and figuratively, I suppose. And defensively, they dropped the ball as well. This was a, a full team effort of suckage for the Buffalo Bills that led to this loss against the New England Patriots. And I have kind of been holding on to this for a bit. I can't anymore. That You cannot convince me unless some major things change that this is a legitimate Super Bowl contender or even a team to contend to go to the Super Bowl. There's just too many flaws and we have seen too many times when this team has a chance to have a level up game or just not completely fuck it up. They somehow find a way to completely fuck it up. Offensively, this team was simply not good enough uh, against the New England Patriots defense that is a little bit banged up coming into this one. Yes, Bill Belichick, still one of the, the great coaches of all time, um, although ooh, it's been a bit of a rough go, but not against Buffalo, apparently. Just a dreadful showing on offense. Um, Stephon Diggs can't be the only one. They have to go out and address this. Gabriel Davis isn't it. Dalton Kincaid had a nice game. Um, Dawson Knox gets a, a big catch in the end zone late, but this is a team that is lacking at least one, probably two weapons heading towards the, the trade deadline. They, they have for too long just assumed that Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs can be the connection that leads this team to the Super Bowl, and we have just seen time and time again that this offense is not good enough to get this team into that elite level. They can get close. For sure they can get close. If you just want to get close, then fine. Stick with what you're doing. But th this team has not been good enough on offense. Um, defensively, 
there's been obvious injuries, but there has been no effort to replace them, and it showed. You should not have that much issue with this Mac Jones offense. Um, th there are not the weapons on offense for the Patriots that should be giving you the kinds of problems that New England had. They just marched right down the field to win that game on Sunday against that that Buffalo defense. So offensively and defensively, there are, there are pieces missing before we can once again consider this a Super Bowl contender. And when you look at kind of the, the makeup of this team, if they're not blowing teams out, they're losing these games, right? Any close game they have been in this season, they have lost, with the exception of a game against a Giants team that had one win that they probably should have lost if the officiating was actually on the ball for that game. Anytime over the last few years, this team isn't blowing other teams out. It's been an L. Close playoff game, ah, uh, just happened to go the other way. Um, and it, this isn't all on Josh Allen, because um, I know a lot of teams will, will link the two. Defensively, they had to get a stop with 13 seconds left against Kansas City, famously in a playoff game. Couldn't do it. This week, all you had to do was stop one of the worst offenses in the league and you come away with a W. Couldn't do it. This team's defense, time and time again, lets them down in big spots. And look, Josh Allen's not perfect in big spots either. He struggled week one against the Jets. But this has been a big problem now for a few years. And once again, we have all been duped into believing that the Buffalo Bills are an actual Super Bowl contender. Moving to the Detroit Lions. Hate to say I told you so. Um, and look, the, the Lions are a good team. Uh, there is no denying that. I, I don't think that this is just a, a team full of bums that is going on and uh, just somehow scratching out these games. This is a good team. But I'm going to need you to beat another good team before I'm starting to believe that you're a Super Bowl contender. Because that's where they have been. That That is the, the area that a lot of people have been putting them in is, is this the best team in the NFC? Nope. Nope. Maybe the fourth. Um... It's been great that the Lions have been able to, to go out there and beat Tampa Bay, Carolina, Green Bay, and Atlanta. Now, the win on opening night, that's, that, that, that's a real win. I will 100% grant that to you. But I need more than one real win in a season for you to be a Super Bowl contender. So all this hype about Detroit, yes, they're improved. Yes, it's weird to see the Lions be good. But wins over Tampa Bay, Carolina, Green Bay, and Atlanta does not a Super Bowl contender make. Can they get there? Sure. But this was a chance to play a real actual team, a real actual offense, and they got the hell kicked out of them. So, sorry, I just can't buy that you are a Super Bowl contender yet. Also, the Cleveland Browns, this historic defense that could lead the Browns to a, a championship. Could this be the modern day version of those Baltimore Ravens teams or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that had Trent Dilfer and Brad Johnson lead them to Super Bowls? Nope. 38 points against Gardner Minshew. Should have lost that game. A number of occasions should have lost that game. Um, if, if I would be more surprised to find out that the refs didn't have money on that game. That was a ridiculously officiated football contest the whole way. Um, but no, that this Browns team 100% is uh, just absolutely a fraud, I think. A any thought that this defense can carry this team to a, a championship it just needs to just fly, fly very far away. Um, again, great players on this defense, and they can show up. But that was a horrendous performance. You cannot tell me you're a historically good defense and do that 
against Gardner Minshew. So again, sorry, I just can't buy that this Cleveland team is going to be the one that rides through the, the AFC North. Uh, so I, I thought this week was a big week for exposing fraudulent teams across the National Football League. Um, one, a, a couple other notes here from one game, Washington taking on the New York Giants. I know they're the one that everyone is talking about this week. I think people are jumping the gun a little bit in going with uh, Terod Taylor over Daniel Jones. And we all know I'm not the biggest Daniel Jones fan, but I do think it's, I think we're forgetting something very important in all of these conversations about this. When we're looking at, um, oh, well, the, the offense is running so much smoother with Terod Taylor than, than with Daniel Jones. Like, can we, can we think of what could be another reason for that? Maybe. Uh, okay, well, who was the who was the running back the last time Daniel Jones played quarterback? Oh, it was Matt Breida. He's fine. Um, who was the running back with, with Terod Taylor? Oh, it's Saquon Barkley. Oh, well, that might be a bit of a difference then. Like, it just... And look, again, I am not a Daniel Jones defender. I feel very vindicated this season at, at the way it has gone for, for the Giants with my Daniel Jones is not very good and the Giants are making a big mistake in signing him to a contract, although it's rather cuttable after, I believe, next season. Um... But this is just like, holy shit, people are ready to move on from this kid fast. Uh, so good for Tarad, and hopefully he does get an opportunity, because anytime he has had one, um, something weird has happened that has taken it away. So hopefully he does get a legitimate opportunity somewhere, but this feels a little bit quick on the, the trigger there. Uh, maybe he'll get an opportunity in Washington, because Sam Howell is not it. This is not a Giants defense that you should just be putting up seven points against. And there, one of the things we talk about, there are weapons out in Washington, McLaurin, Dotson, um, but it, it, it's just... The, the processors aren't processing the way they should be processing, and that's been a problem for Washington this season. Uh, all right, let's put that week behind us and get ready for week eight in the NFL. Flying through this NFL season already week eight, fantasy football waiver wire time. Uh, we begin at the quarterback position. Probably don't watch the game, but Derek Carr might be the best streaming option this week. Going up against a Indianapolis defense that just gave up 40 points to P.J. Walker and whatever piece of shit Deshaun Watson is doing these days. 34% owned, he's going to be available for you at the quarterback spot. At wide receiver, Kendrick Bourne, 27% owned. He is by far the best weapon that the New England Patriots have. Um, probably not an every week start, but there are going to be some matchups that I think he's going to be able to take advantage of. And he is going to have opportunities that other wide receivers just simply don't get. Um, also at wide receiver, Jaden Reed. This team targets this kid in the end zone. He got a touchdown this week for the Green Bay Packers. He, the, the target numbers aren't going to be huge and he's going to be touchdown reliant, but for whatever reason, he is their red zone guy out in Green Bay. Um, so if you're desperate for um, desperate for someone, I think Jaden Reed is a pretty good way to go. At running back, uh, me and everyone are going to have Daryl Henderson on their waiver wire list this week. He is 25% owned. He seems like the back with the LA Rams. He is going to be a guy who... Um, he, he is going to be a guy that I, I think this team leans on in the, the running game uh, a little bit more going forward, even when everyone's healthy. Uh, Devin Singletary might be the starting running back in Houston, um, and he's only 15% owned. Either way, he's getting more opportunities each week, so he is someone who I, I think should be owned uh, much higher than 15%. And, oh, look at this, Amari DeMercado is back as he got the boatload of the work this week out in Arizona. You're probably going to lose your mind guessing along with how things are going in Arizona um, until James Conner gets back, but 
not often do guys who put up those numbers in, in a week become available um, on the waiver wire. So Jim Mercado is a, a pretty good look, I think, for fantasy football teams this week. Um, at tight end, it is Taysom Hill, 11% owned. He has been more and more included in this offense each and every week. And so I think New Orleans, again, going into a pretty good matchup against the Indianapolis Colts, could be a, a very solid starting candidate for uh, for them this week. And defensively, They've been playing a little bit better. It's Houston going up against uh, Carolina offense that has really struggled with Bryce Young at the helm. So that is the fantasy football waiver wire watch for this week. Uh, now, fantasy football can be really, really frustrating at times, especially when players who are barely owned or not even very good come up with strong performances. So every week we are going to catalog how does... Uh, just stupidly put to or how would a stupidly put together team do uh, each week in fantasy football? So we look for players who are barely owned and who absolutely balled out this week. So here is the stupid good fantasy football team coming out of week seven at quarterback Garner Minshew, just 8% owned balled out against Cleveland's elite defense with uh, 28.1 fantasy points. Joshua Kelly running back for the LA chargers, 21% uh, owned 13 and a half fantasy points um, as the, the Chargers continue to underwhelm, but at least Josh Kelly got some points. At Also at running back, Imari DeMarcado, 14% owned, 7.5 fantasy points. Wide receiver, the revolving door of, oh yeah, that guy's still in the league with the Kansas City Chiefs, MVS, 3% um, owned, 14.4 fantasy points. This week's who is Jake Bobo with 0% uh, owned, put up 12.1 fantasy points. At tight end, it's Taysom Hill. Um, we talked about it before, 11% owned, 12.8 fantasy points. A, a huge day for the quarterback turned tight end. At flex, Jalen Hyatt for the New York Giants, 7.5 fantasy points. On defense, the Chicago Bears, one of the worst defenses in the league, comes away with 17 fantasy points. And for the second week in a row, Dustin Hopkins, barely owned, but a monster week with 22 fantasy points. So this team, where Joshua Kelly is the standout in terms of ownership rating, 134.9 fantasy points. Make it make sense. You just, you simply cannot. The Calgary Flames are back in action tonight as they take on the New York Rangers. Calgary back home after stumbling on a road trip. Um, and they are in need of some home cooking and in need of a very strong performance tonight. The main thing that has stood out to me, they seem a step behind quite a bit. Um, now, Detroit's going to do that to a lot of teams. But even against Columbus, um, they were... They were really, really, really struggling. Um, it, it felt like they were kind of behind for a bit. They came out second and third period and really started to control things. But th there were some times in those games where they felt like they were kind of a step behind. So they feel kind of on the below average aspect um, of speed in the NHL. And it's not just like whipping up and down the ice fast as you can. It's the play in the offensive zone. You see how quickly Detroit is able to, to move the puck. Calgary doesn't do that. It's okay. This guy has it. There's a beat. There's a beat. Okay. Now this guy has it. Beat. Beat. Okay. Now there. This guy has it. It, it isn't 
a crisp operation right now for the Flames. The puck isn't moving quickly. The players aren't moving quickly. Both of those things uh, would be nice to change for the Flames if they're going to continue to make any kind of a push here in the Western Conference. Uh, defensively, this team is getting better, and that's something we thought that would happen. I know we're saying this coming off of a night where they gave up six against Detroit, but again, that's the best offense in the league right now. But you are starting to see a little bit more structure. You're still seeing some breakdowns that led to a, a couple of goals. Uh, three guys chasing uh, one dude on one side of the net, leading another player wide open. That's that that's happening still a bit too much, but you are seeing at least a little bit more structure. They're not always running around. There are breakdowns, and they have led to goals. That needs to be fixed 100%. But it does seem like each game, the structure is getting a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better. Um, between the pipes, Markstrom has been really strong. Vladar kind of got hung out to dry, I, I think, a little bit. But there was a couple of those that would have been really nice if he could have stopped. Um, but Markstrom has been quite solid so far this season. Like, getting back to the guy who he was supposed to be. Um, and that's a, a real, real upside for the Flames. I think one of the guys who has to step up tonight is Nazem Kadri. He has been, I, I was trying to think of a, a comparison, and the best way I can describe what we've seen from Nazem Kadri so far this season is he's like the running back who just gets what's blocked for him. Like, Kadri isn't out there creating. Um, I, I don't know if he's out there making a whole lot of guys better. He has just, like... If there's a shot, he'll take it. If there's a pass, he'll take it. But th there isn't a whole lot where, oh, this guy is driving play. That this guy is dictating how things are going on the uh, on the uh, on the offensive side of things. It's just, oh yeah, he's got the puck, and now, ah, here's a shot. I didn't put a lot of thought into that. Maybe there was a better option, but there there was a shooting lane there, so I shot. It, it's just he right now. It feels like he's taking the path of least resistance, and that is the opposite of the type of Nazem Kadri that we thought we were going to get out here in Calgary. So he needs to be better tonight. Um, defensively, that defensive structure we talked about is going to be tested as the Rangers have a lot of very talented hockey people on their side, and an offense that has struggled goes up against one of the best goalies in the world this evening. So it's going to be a difficult test for the Flames, but maybe home cooking is just what this team needs after a bit of a shaky end to that road trip. Uh, speaking of road teams performance, the American League Championship Series, the road teams balled out, and now the Texas Rangers are going to the World Series. For the third time in franchise history, the Texas Rangers are off to the World Series as they win the American League Championship Series um, with a final of 11-4. to just two years removed from losing over 100 games, this team is back. Um, there's a number of different ways to go with this. I think one of the obvious ones is you can see the calming influence of a, a Bruce Bochy when you see how much things kind of fell apart for, um, for, for Texas at home to be totally comfortable going into Houston and winning two games in a place that many have faltered is a real statement to the job that Bruce Bochy has done with this team. And Corey Seager, a player who has struggled all series, still has the confidence to go up there and just mash. I, I think this was a really good job by Bruce Bochy managing a team that looked cooked with a bullpen that looks shot um, after a, a couple of really, really bad games. Managers still matter in 2023 in baseball, and Bruce Bochy is a, a prime example of that. Um, the big story of this series is obviously Adelis Garcia, who just hit monster bomb after monster bomb, admired a single in Game 7, um, got hit in Game 5, and apparently woke up the Houston Astros. This is a dude who was 
designated for assignment, was on waivers, anyone could have picked him up, was basically sold to the Rangers for a minimal amount of cash, and now he was the defining player of the American League Championship Series for the team that is going to the World Series. This guy just absolutely mashes, was aggressive on the bases in Game 7, um, which helped create a run. It's just, it is one of the cool stories in sports. I'm not going to go too far into it, but it is kind of funny that the Texas Rangers are now firmly behind a guy who admired a home run and maybe, uh, let's just say, tossed a bat or two. I find that part rather amusing, but credit to the Texas Rangers and and the job that they have done um, in kind of unearthing a great project in Adelis Garcia. They're now off to the World Series. Interesting offseason coming up for Houston because they have had a lot of good players leave over the last little bit, right? Uh, Garrett Cole leaves, um, George Springer leaves, Carlos Correa leaves, so that there's been an exodus of talent. I don't want to say, oh, well, everything's catching up to them now, but they had to work really hard to make their way um, to the American League Division Series on the final day of the regular season, wrapping up the West, and now they, they fall one game short of making it back to the World Series. The sky is not falling. I'm not saying blow up the Astros. I'm just saying maybe they need to be a little bit more aggressive this offseason in acquiring a little bit more talent to help put this team back over the top. But they will be back. Um, this was a really, really fun series, and the Astros were a big part of that, obviously, uh, coming up just a, a little bit short. But uh, should be an interesting World Series. We'll see what happens tonight with the Phillies against the Arizona Diamondbacks. I have a, a, an opinion on how that's going to go, and I'm putting my money where my mouth is. And today... Cut myself off there. Um, all right, we will start. Let, let's start with the baseball. Uh, the Philadelphia Phillies, I have them winning game seven of the uh, the NLCS against Arizona tonight. They are favored by a run and a half. Arizona, that's a big win, obviously, last night, um, keeping their season alive in Philadelphia. But I just think the first ever game seven in Philly's history, um, and this crowd is going to be going absolutely bananas. I just don't think they can win back-to-back -back games out in Philly. So I, I, I think the Phillies get the job done here. And they wrap this series up tonight with a um, a win here in Game 7. I'm going Phillies minus a run and a half. Um, we're going to go to the NBA. The season starts tonight. Golden State on the money line, minus 139 against the Phoenix Suns. Don't love uh, the, the return on the investment there, but uh, I still think that it's a, a pretty strong play, Golden State, to win straight up against Phoenix. And a couple from the NHL tonight. Buffalo straight up against the Ottawa Senators. Um, I like Sabres plus 165. I think they're starting to, to come on a little bit. And I think the Red Wings, this team is just scoring so many goals. It's going to be tough for Seattle to keep up tonight. I have Red Wings minus one and a half against the Seattle Kraken. So that's today's ticket. And that's today's show. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Like I said, game over is hitting the road as uh, myself and Audie head up to Edmonton this weekend for game over after the Heritage Classic. We are going to be at the Pint at White or the Pint on White, sorry, um, immediately after the Heritage Classic, getting you all the breakdown you need for the latest outdoor game in the NHL. So we're going to be in Edmonton. Tickets are available right now. Um, I have tweeted the link. I've posted it on Facebook. It's in my Instagram story right now. Um, their tickets are free, so come hang out. As far as I'm concerned the rest of the week, I'm going to be on Sportsnet 960 coming up uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then Monday, Tuesday of next week, which, yes, makes a very quick trip back from uh, Edmonton. So hopefully that goes all right. Um, 
my dog is losing its uh, or her shit in the, the back, so I, I really have to go. But uh, we're going to have a big CFL discussion and um, NLCS re um, recap coming up tomorrow. And uh, the regulars through the rest of the week. My dog's going crazy. I got to go. I'll talk to you all later.